Hello, I'm Liv Bolton, and you're listening to The Outdoors Fix, a podcast to inspire people wanting to make adventures outdoors a bigger part of their life. The Outdoors Fix is produced in association with our friends at Ellis Brigham Mountain Sports. Welcome to series three. It feels amazing to be able to say that actually. I started this podcast just over a year ago after my through hike of the South Island of New Zealand and I had absolutely no expectations of how it would do. But thousands of you have listened and I'm so, so grateful for that. I hope it's given you lots of inspiration to get outdoors and a chance to hear from and pick up tips from other people in the outdoors community. I'm really excited about sharing this new series with you. From hikers to runners to a landscape photographer and a paddleboarder, I've got lots of fantastic guests with really interesting stories about how the outdoors has transformed their lives. They also have some great tips about how you can get outdoors more and have more adventures. There's still a minute of the sounds of nature at the end of each episode. Thank you for all your suggestions about sounds you'd like to hear on that. So make sure you listen right to the end to get your real outdoors fix and take a moment to relax. So let's get to today's episode. I've been really wanting to get Iona Rendell on this podcast for a while. She's someone who's managed to motivate so many people to get outdoors around the UK in the past 18 months. And she's determined to spread her sunshiny happiness, as she calls it, around the outdoors community. Iona, who's also known as at Iona.adventuring on Instagram, started a Facebook walking group back in the summer of 2018, and it's grown in size incredibly rapidly. It now has over 2,000 members. I wanted to find out why she started it, how it's impacted her life, and why she thinks she's been able to motivate so many others to get outdoors. I went to visit Iona in Scotland and we went for a walk in the Pentland Hills, not too far away from her home in Edinburgh. I think you'll also hear that it was a pretty windy day. I really hope you enjoyed the podcast. Head to theoutdoorsfix.com or Instagram to see photos from our walk, as well as some of Iona's other adventures. So here we go. Iona. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. No, thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I'm also so thrilled to be out in the Pentland Hills. I know. Near Edinburgh. Yep. We've got a beautiful view. You've taken me on a little walk. Describe where we are, because I don't exactly know which hill we're on right now. So we have just been to the summit of Scald Law, which is the highest point in the Pentlands. Can't remember the exact height, but it's just over 500 metres. And we're between Scald Law and the next hill, which is East Kip. And we've got an amazing view out over the um, the Forth Road Bridge yes. and the, the brand new Queen's Ferry Crossing Bridge as well. No, it's really beautiful. And we've got lots of heather around yep. us and bracken. And there's a couple of reservoirs that we walked mm-hmm. and we saw over over in the distance. Um, oh, it's lovely to get out of the fresh air. I know, it's I nice. know that you had a, a shift last night and I've been inside a lot. So getting outdoors I is know. just feeling so good right now. Um, I want to talk about so much about your walking group and your Facebook group, which is 
has got to over 2,000 members, which mm-hmm. I cannot even believe. That's incredible effort. Yeah. Um, but I want to start back into, go back into a few years ago, um, because you haven't really always been to the outdoors, have you? No, not at all. Um, I grew up in Aberdeenshire, which is the northeast of Scotland, which is just about the flattest place in Scotland, I think. <laughs> and as a kid, I was really shy. I was really quiet and... Uh, didn't ever take part in team sports and we grew up basically surrounded by fields so we'd be out playing outside um, and we were active in that way but not not sporty and not particularly outdoorsy and it was when I was 19 and I'd left um, the police, I was working as a police officer and I moved to Aviemore. just started going out walking, just low level walks around the lochs and uh, did a bit of cycling as well, mountain biking, just explored and to sort of um, find out where it was that I was living and explore the local area and from there I started doing a bit of hill walking. One of my friends took me up my very first Munro which was about three years ago now and um, we'd we'd actually spoken about it a lot and we said oh I'd love to go hill walking, we'd love to go up that mountain and that mountain there and we just never did it so eventually I think she'd been out with other people and she took me out um, up a Munro just behind the village that I was living in at the time in the Aviemore area and I absolutely hated it it was really yeah, yeah it was really windy it was really boggy it was heathery there was no path I just felt like we were slogging up this hill for hours and hours on end and then we got to the top and we took some photos and we had such a laugh and uh, yeah all was kind of forgotten and now I sort of remember it through rose tinted glasses <laughs> and it was after that that I started doing more Munro's and then when I moved to Edinburgh I started doing hill walking quite regularly which is ironic because I'd left left the Cairngorms yes where there were the most Munro's exactly hills, yeah. um but now living in Edinburgh I find that it's quite central and I can travel to lots of different areas within within the day and go hiking and you know overnight stays as well camping so yeah it's it's all very accessible but it's only been in the last the last few years so you were a police officer but obviously now you're a nurse so yeah. you're not able to go out in the outdoors all the time but, but tell me about your nursing job so I'm working in a GP practice at the moment so this is a trainee position for a couple of years to train to become a practice nurse so I'm already a qualified nurse and I qualified two years ago and I, I did that basically after leaving the police I realized that I wanted to be in a job where I was helping people and the police wasn't quite helping people in the way that I imagined so went into the care sector and when I first qualified I was working in a busy hospital ward and found that really stressful felt like I was under a lot of pressure and sort of found myself not enjoying the job the way that I imagined it would so made a change into practice nursing where I am now and I mean obviously the hours are better because the practice is only open Monday to Friday and it's a part-time position so I'm training now going through this course picking up lots of new skills but I find myself seeing a lot of the same patients quite regularly and I feel like I get to know them a little bit and I get to know part of their life quite often find that they open up to me about things that are going on outside their their medical health um, speak a lot about mental health as well and you know just general everyday life things and it's a lovely position to be in I feel like I can see see the difference that I'm actually making to people's lives which is really really nice and yeah I really enjoy that side of nursing. So how do you fit 
uh, the outdoors around your nursing life then? So my practice nurse job, I work two and a half days and obviously can't survive on that amount of money. So I work bank shifts in the hospital. So I pick up a shift most weeks and um, that leaves, you know, two or three days, sometimes four days a week. And basically on those days off, I'm just out whenever I can, obviously, as the weather allows. But even in the evenings, you know, when, I'm, when I've got my practice nurse role, I'm normally finished about six o'clock. And especially in summer, you know, you've got the evenings and yeah. with the Pentland Hills here so close to Edinburgh, sometimes I find myself out in an evening. But yeah, on my days off, um, like I was saying before, Edinburgh means it's it's so easy to travel to places. It's really accessible. So jump in the car, sometimes find people to car share with and go off and explore and, and find new places to go. So how does how does hiking make you feel? I mean, you only just got into it in the last few years, mm-hmm. but what do you feel when you're outdoors? Oh, it was like when we were coming up onto that hill just back there <laughs> that's blowing an absolute gale and the wind's in your face and your ears and your nose are cold. But yeah, there's something about being outside that I don't know, it's it's definitely my headspace. That's what I like to say a lot. It's my headspace. It's where I either clear my mind completely, especially if I've been on the ward and it's been a long, hard day or, you know, it's been quite upsetting sometimes. I feel like if I'm out hiking, I can clear my mind. Mm. Other times, and this is the complete opposite, other times I feel like I can think more clearly. So instead of clearing my mind and forgetting everything, sometimes if I've got something that is bothering me or kind of niggling away at me when I'm out walking I feel like I can process it a lot Mm. clearer I can think about it a lot clearer and I can think about my options you know if it's a decision that I need to make I can think about that or yeah I just I just feel like I can think a lot clearer in general Mm. and it's that freedom as well isn't it going somewhere new seeing new places or going back to somewhere that you absolutely love and that you know really well it brings back memories and you build new memories and that's pretty special I like and that. yeah and with um your lots of your instagram posts and i and i read that you have a phrase which is <laughs> sunshiny happiness yep <laughs> um so you know what you you talk a lot about sunshiny happiness when you come out mm. on the hills and where's that come from I mean, obviously, it's the rare days where you have blue sky, pure sunshine, no wind. <laughs> mm, yeah, pretty those, rare. Those rare ones, yeah. <laughs> That's the obvious sunshiny happiness. But at the same time, it's the days, and this is in life in general, not just on the hills, it's the days that are a bit darker or a bit harder, and it's finding the good in it. I think a lot of people would probably say that I've got quite a quite a positive outlook on life and I like to think that about myself as well I like to think that if there is a bad situation or a hard situation I like to think that I can find a good way a good way to deal with it and sunshiny happiness for me is just finding those happy sunny moments even when it's not necessarily obvious I think that's a really inspiring sentiment I I, I always love seeing that because (laughs) you know it's great to uh, really be grateful and to think about yeah the best things Mm in yeah. life and so um i want to find out a bit more about how you came to create iona's adventures which mm-hmm. is your facebook walking group um it's about a year old now just over a year old just over yeah how did you come up with the idea what inspired mm-hmm. you and and you know can you remember how what made you sit down and think right i'm actually going to do this yeah i can remember that exact moment um last summer i signed up for the great Glencoe challenge which is a 26 mile hike 
from Glencoe to Fort William and I'd never done a big charity event before and I'd never done a physical event like that before so it was a combination of both things. I raised over a thousand pounds for a mental health charity and basically I spent five months training for it documented it all on Instagram my photos of the hikes that I'd been on and videos of me hiking and um, encouraging people to help me support this mental health charity and basically I'd spent this five months training for it and the event itself was amazing beautiful one of those rare sunny days Mm -hmm. and the come down afterwards I just had no idea that that would happen hadn't expected it and because I hadn't done a big event like that before I hadn't hadn't prepared for it and two days after the event I found myself up another Monroe because I just felt completely at a loss I had no idea what I was going to do I'd spent all of my spare time hiking and now I felt like I didn't have a goal to work towards mm. and it was really hard I, I just didn't know what to do and just dealt with it by walking and within a few days I told myself I needed to have a new goal to work towards and I thought right okay I don't want to do another charity challenge like that because the same thing will happen I would have just spent months and months training for it had the build up to the event and then the, the big come down afterwards so I started looking into mountain leader training and I thought that's a, a good goal and a more of a long-term goal mm-hmm. so I signed up um and looked more into that and sort of the requirements for it and basically before you can do the training you have to log 20 quality mountain days which includes walks that are at least five hours long uh, a mix of terrain a mix of different weathers and also a mix of solo hikes and group hikes and I thought okay solo hikes that's easy because I did all my walking on my own and that's what I've done for the last couple of years but the group hikes I thought I've no idea how to record that because I don't have a group of people that I can regularly go walking with and thought about it for maybe a week or two this is only about two weeks after after the Great Glencoe Challenge and I remember the moment because I said to my mum I said to her I'm, I think I'm going to start a group I think I'm going to start a walking group and I'm just going to invite people to walk with me and then I'll record those for my quality mountain days and <laughs> I'm in my family I'm quite well known for coming up with elaborate ideas and right. quite an imagination and I'm pretty sure my mum and my sisters as well they probably just thought it was one of my mad ideas and I would never see it through but because when I'd been documenting my walks on Instagram so many people had contacted me you know they would say wow you go walking on your own that's so brave or so crazy other people would say I really want to get into it and I don't know how to start can I come with you so I sort of thought there's this there's demand somewhere where people want to connect with other people to go out walking and hiking and so I set up Iona's Adventures on Facebook advertised on my Instagram and instantly you know there was the people that I spoke to regularly on Instagram they signed up and in no time it just started growing and organized the first walk in August start of August so that was just uh, a couple of weeks after I set up the group and there was eight of us I think and we came here to the Pentland Hills and it was so amazing to meet these people that I'd never spoken to before and they just wanted to go walking and they didn't have somebody to walk with and we were all in the exact same situation and that was it 
over a year later and here we are uh, that's amazing because it is so true you, you know, it's that bit of fear that you think oh well I, I don't I won't really go out because I don't know who to go with mm-hmm. and um, it's been fantastic to see how much you've inspired people to just you know have a bit of guts and to just go out and meet people and have a fantastic time yeah thank you in terms of that first walk how far did you go and w- was it walkers of all abilities I can't remember how far we went but we did we did three hills so the hill that we're on just now is Law. this was our final hill of that day we were definitely out for a few hours um, and it was actually an evening walk because it was the very beginning of August it was still quite light quite late so we were able to do a walk after work and um, we caught sunset on Scald Law oh, lovely. it was amazing and yeah it was very very varied so there was you know there was one girl who had grown up in the outdoors her family had brought her up that way there was another girl who came along with her two little dogs and you know her extent of walking seemed to be the dog walks and you know she was great she loved it the dogs loved it and it was really varied and you know different ages as well I think the youngest person was about 19 and then there's people into their 20s and early 30s as well so that was the first kind of the first time that I'd experienced different people to go walking with um, rather than just seeing people on Instagram my age doing the same thing. And so how does the group work now? I mean, you appear to suggest several walks, um, but then it seems that do other people arrange walks as well within the group? Yeah, absolutely. To start with, it was just myself organising walks and it was basically just to fit around my shifts when I was, you know, this was when I was working in the ward last year. And it was just on my days off. It would be the walks that I wanted to do that fitted around my free time. And that was great because it meant that I was just walking when I wanted to and people that were free to join me could. And as the group's grown and people have realised that, you know, it's more of a community focus rather than me being a leader as such, um, other people have started organising their own walks or not necessarily organising a walk, but just putting up a simple post to say, you know, look, I'm going walking on Saturday, I'm thinking about going up this hill, I'm on my own and it'd be nice to have some company. And then to see those people going on walks, and even if it's just three or four people that join them, you know, that's a small group that's formed and people that have gone out walking that day that might not have otherwise. And for me, it's really, really nice to see other people organising walks as well. I mean, it takes the pressure off of me a little bit, but it's also just good to know that it kind of gives a bit more options for people and you know there'll be low level walks there'll be Munro walks or multi-day walks as well there's lots of variety which is really really nice to see and are they mostly Scotland based do you think mostly yeah there's I found that there's a lot of people actually based in Edinburgh which is great and obviously Glasgow and then further afield in Scotland but there's actually quite a lot of other people who are in the Lake District the Peak District and people like yourself who's in London and you know there's lots of other people in London and there's a few people that are even further afield in the UK as well and although most of the walks are in Scotland because that's where the majority of people are based there have been um, sort of subgroups who've organised walks I can think of one in particular that was in the Peak District I think there was about five people that went along and none of those people knew each other already but they'd seen the post on the group and 
that was really really special that made me really happy to see those people organizing that walk and meeting up and since then I know that they've been on other adventures together as well and that's what I try to say if people ask me you know if they can join even though they're not in Scotland I massively encourage that because I think you know I've been to the lakes and I've been to the peaks and if there are people in those areas who are willing to organize walks I'd be willing to travel and I'd hope vice versa as well and it's just nice to know that people can be connected all over the country so yeah it's cool that not everybody's in Scotland. Whenever I organise a group walk um, within the event section of the Facebook group I always quite clearly say that you know I'm not a mountain leader although that's something that I aspire to I'm definitely not just now I'm not a mountain leader I'm not a walk leader and I always make sure I say that and you know if people come on the group walks the responsibility has to be on them to know their own fitness to be prepared and also to um to know when they've reached their limit because I don't want to be in that situation where I'm held accountable and you know the way that I do it is that this is just a a community group and I've set it up voluntarily and it's lovely to meet so many people but I don't ever want to be in that position where something potentially happens and I'm held responsible for it and you know generally everybody has been so understanding of that and even if somebody has feels like they have reached their limit you know I'd always be happy to turn back with them if they couldn't carry on and yeah people always come pretty well prepared as well which is is great so what do you think I mean there's a real buzz around the group and that's what you've really done an amazing job in creating because I think you know there are obviously lots of walking groups around the country that do equally fantastic Mm. fantastic work but you um, seem to have created this buzz and got so many people motivated to get outdoors Mm. what do you think has been the special ingredient of that do you think somebody asked me this recently and it's not something I'd considered at all um, and I didn't really know how to answer them at the time but I've thought about it a lot since then I I don't think I don't think I'm doing anything differently I don't think there's a special ingredient the only thing that I can really put my finger on is the fact that I try and post on social media regularly about my everyday life about the fact that I'm cycling to work you know I'm going to my everyday job and it's nice to be able to show that actually you can go out walking or you can go out cycling or whatever it is to fit in around your your everyday life um it's obviously it's easy on social media just to show um sort of the highlight reel the good times and the the epic adventures and the the summit selfies and things like that but I think it's equally as important for me personally anyway to show that you know I'm working as a nurse and I've got hard days and tough days and the same challenges that everybody else has and although I feel like now I'm achieving really epic days in the mountains which I probably wouldn't have done without the support of people in the group I think it's nice to show the the everyday things as well and that just makes it more relatable and I hope anyway that people see that and say to themselves right so she's out working and she's got a normal sort of job if she can do it I can do it and I like to think that that's sort of the the inspiration and the motivation and that's the only thing that I can think of really is why the group has become so popular and obviously it's word of mouth as well you know I've done so much um, obviously at the start in advertising it and encouraging people to join 
but it was like I was saying to you earlier um, I don't often advertise the group specifically you know how to join I'll say that I've been on a group walk or this is where we've been this is where we've done but it's word of mouth it's the other people who've been on that group walk that day sharing their photos and sharing how it made them feel and those special moments and then their friends see it and they say oh who are all these people that you're walking with and then it's really lovely people recommend the walking group and I'm so grateful for that because so often people join the group and they'll say to me oh I heard about this through a work colleague or I heard about this through my mum there's quite there's quite a few people in the group who you know there's mothers and daughters or there's a dad and his wee boy and things like that and it's those connections they're they're really really cool Oh, so what are some of the highlight walks that you've been on then? Have you got any standout memories from particular summits? So I have got a favourite solo walk and I've got a favourite group walk. Mm. My favourite solo walk was um, Scorgui. I probably not said that right. I think it's Scorgui, mm-hmm. and it's in the Cairngorms and you start from Feshi Bridge. And basically, when I was living in Aviemore, I used to see photos of people up Scorgui which is a Monroe and I used to see their photos and it's stunning it looks over Loch Eineach which is just beautiful and it looks really remote and it's got this amazing view all around it and I used to think wow those people are so cool I could never do that and this is obviously before I went walking and um, yeah I I guess I just put it on a pedestal Mm -hmm. and then one day I was back up there visiting uh, my boyfriend's family and I thought actually do you know what? I'm going to do that. The weather's looking good. I've got my bike. I can cycle to the start point from Aviemore. And I just did it. I don't think I thought too much about it because I probably would have built it up too much in my mind. I just went and did it. And um, I was walking up. And it was a nice day. You know, it was, it was decent enough. But as I was getting to the top, the cloud came in over the summit. And I thought, this is just typical. <laughs> Everybody else gets to enjoy the beautiful views from the top. And uh, yeah, I approached the summit in this huge cloud of fog or cloud, whatever it was. And um, just as I got to the very summit, it all started to clear. And it just amazing. moved away. And I had the most amazing view. And the sun came out and it was just beautiful. And I thought, yes, I've done it this mountain which has been on my mind it was on my mind for a few years you know and I really I definitely had put it on a pedestal and I was up there and I thought this is just amazing you know I can do it I can definitely do it and that really that'll always stick in my mind and I've got beautiful photos from that day as well I was up there for ages in the sun it was really nice and then my favorite group walk was just um a few months ago and that was the ring of steel from Glen Nevis which is near Fort William and one of the one of the guys in the group he organized the walk and there was quite a few of us that went along and basically it's five Monroes wow. which is a mega mega a mountain day. day it was yeah. and it really was a big day and I think that's why it feels so special to me because I felt like I really pushed physically and mentally as well because there was times when I was saying to myself oh what am I doing this was a mistake why did I think I could do this you know but I kept pushing through and everybody else who was there kept pushing through and that was a real mix of abilities that day and it was beautiful it was such a sunny day and it was just gorgeous and to spend that day with such lovely people doing something that was actually really tough you know that feels really momentous as well so that's my favorite favorite group walk I think 
You've mentioned in a previous uh, social media post that um, the walking group has helped you feel like you have you now fit in. Mm. What did you mean by that? Oh, I think growing up, I was such a such a quiet person. Um, I was I don't know if I was self conscious as such, but when I was at school, especially secondary school. I used to see all these groups of girls and groups of friends and they just looked like they belonged in their own skin and I just felt like I didn't. I was really shy growing up. That's why, you know, I didn't do any group sports and things like that. I just, I don't know what it was. I just had a fear of being with people and yeah, that extended into secondary school as well. And um, I left school before all of my friends to go into the police. They all stayed on to to do uh, further grades for uni and things. And I left school and just dropped away from that group completely. And actually, being in the police was when I gained a lot of confidence. And although, you know, it wasn't the career for me, I don't regret it because I, I gained so much from it. But it's only really been in the last few years, probably as I've got fitter and um, even being in a job that I feel more confident in as well, those things have all helped. And since starting the, the walking group last year, I've met so many lovely people and people that I really connect with. You know, you've got this one thing in common because you love walking, but actually you find so many other things that, that really matter to you that you can connect with other people. And I think it's building those friendships and, you know, people saying that they've made other friends through the group that they wouldn't have without me setting it up. And that's such a confidence boost, you know, people genuinely being grateful for something that you've done for them even though I've not set out to do it specifically for individuals it's just happened and that's given me such a confidence boost and yeah I feel like with the walking group it's a collection of people who are from all different backgrounds all different diversities but actually this collection of people who love walking that makes me feel like that's where I really belong and yeah, I feel like I fit in my own skin now, which I don't know, it's quite sentimental and a bit daft, I'm sure. But yeah, it's definitely a place that I feel confident and comfortable and I just love it. And it just makes me happy. I feel good about myself. So you've obviously influenced so many people, as you said, to get outdoors and, and be active. And you call yourself the ordinary adventurer, mm. which um, I love because I think it, it makes it feel like adventure is completely accessible mm -hmm. to, to all of us. Um, you took a group, or at least you organised for a group of people to go to Morocco yeah. this summer. Um, back in, well, when was it? September. Mm -hmm. Tell me about that. So basically, there is a woman called Marie Cheng who is the co-founder of Three Peaks Africa and she joined my group very early uh, once it started last year and we met up and then she, she actually came up to Aviemore for a weekend adventure that I organised alongside You Can Explore and Marie said to me, you know, she had been organising these expeditions in Tanzania so that um, people could climb the three highest mountains which obviously includes Kilimanjaro and I was completely in awe of her. She, you know, worked full time in London 
uh, up until recently and she had this business on the side and I thought wow she's a real adventure adventure queen and then she mentioned that she was thinking about organizing a trip to Morocco and my ears kind of pricked up at that mo- that point because Morocco is somewhere that I've wanted to go for a long time especially Marrakesh and she said that for 2019 she was planning a Morocco expedition and watch this space so she got in contact with me a couple of months later to say that it was definitely going ahead and she wanted to offer me the opportunity of taking a group of people out to take on the three highest mountains in North Africa and I instantly I just jumped at the chance and she came back up from London to see see me in Edinburgh and we chatted through it all and and kind of put things in place and she said that she would organise for a date for the expedition just solely for my walking group if I wanted to so I set about recruiting and I announced it on social media that I'd be going out to Morocco this year and that there were 15 places available and it was only open to people in my walking group and that was purely because I wanted there to be a focus on my community and the fact that being part of the walking group meant that you know the the walks in Scotland could be accessible but also that this opportunity was accessible as well and I wanted to focus on the fact that it was something that I'd never done before I've never hiked abroad before I've only been hiking for a couple of years anyway and that anybody could achieve this if they wanted to and within 24 hours the first person signed up great that must have felt brilliant oh it was absolutely unbelievable it really was and then within no time there was more people signing up and um, yeah there was a real buzz around it and loads of people got in contact to ask for details and you know it wasn't it wasn't appropriate for everyone at the time because you know they couldn't necessarily afford it or they couldn't get the time off or they couldn't get childcare and things like that but yeah we filled the the 15 places and it was 15 people from the walking group some that I had met on walks just you know quite recently other people I'd never met before and we well I set up a, a group chat for the team and instantly it was just full of absolute nonsense (laughs) just just laughs constantly and we started to meet up as a group or there'd be um, a few of us within the group who were available at the same time and we started going on training walks together and started to get to know everyone really well but nobody had we hadn't all been together in the same place at one time until the very first day of the trip when we flew out to Morocco and we all met in the in the hotel where we were staying for that first night before setting off on the expedition and I can't begin to describe to you the noise and the laughter and the <laughs> chatter when we all got together for the very first time it was amazing this team of 15 people plus me plus the Three Peaks Africa staff it was just yeah it was so so good and so you had to climb three peaks mm-hmm. um what were the names of those peaks and how high were they so the first one was Magoon which is a really uh, it's a really remote mountain and it's actually part of a separate mountain range to the other two mountains that we climbed but they're all in the Atlas Mountains and Magoon is 4071 meters so um about <laughs> three times higher at least than than most of the mountains I've ever climbed yeah. more than actually and at that height you know you're hiking hiking at altitude so there was a real difference you could feel with your breathing when, when we were hiking at that height and then the second mountain was Mount Tubkal 
which was the one that really drew me into this mm. expedition because you know that's one that I've heard of and a lot of people have heard of it's becoming a lot more popular now and that's the highest one that's the highest peak in the whole of North Africa and it's 4,167 metres so not that much different from the other two and then the third and final mountain and I definitely won't be pronouncing this right <laughs> it's Wanakrim something okay. like that I always get it wrong I can't remember the exact height of that but it's between the height of Mount Tubkal and Magoon and you can see Mount Tubkal from Wanakrim and it's yeah absolutely amazing the actual hiking was eight days and we had a day either side obviously when when we were in Marrakesh so every day I would say was was a, a long day and our shortest day that we had was four hours of hiking mm-hmm. And, you know, even on the, the days that weren't the summits, there was one day that stands out in my mind that we hiked over 1,000 metres and that wasn't even a summit day and that was really challenging. Mm. You know, that's that's the equivalent of doing a Munro from ground level. Yeah. And you would have a certain amount of ascent, but then you were going down again because you were you were go, going over smaller hills to get to the, the mountains that we were we were actually summiting. So it was very, very physically and mentally challenging and draining as well. You know, it took a lot of effort. So you bagged the highest peak in North Africa. Mm-hmm. How did that whole trip make you feel? Um, <laughs> it was really, it was so surreal. I mean looking back now I have to remind myself of what a, an amazing massive achievement it was um, it's all stemmed obviously from starting the walking group I wouldn't have met Marie if it wasn't for the walking group and I probably wouldn't know about her company so that's pretty amazing in itself but um, I wouldn't have imagined this time last year that I would have been on an expedition I think I said before I love going to adventure films and you know watching all these elite athletes and sponsored athletes achieving incredible things and summiting these huge mountains and I just never would have imagined that I could have had a little part of that and obviously the Morocco mountains aren't the biggest in the world they're not the most challenging in the world but for me it's it's my biggest because it's the biggest thing that I've ever done and I worked really really hard to get there I trained um, when I could around my job obviously and physically mentally emotionally just so many challenges which lends itself to so many achievements and yeah it just felt life-changing that trip really has changed my life and it's given me ideas about what I want to do in the future it's given me ideas about how I want to inspire people as well and and kind of motivate others to achieve their own goals whatever it is whether it is hiking abroad hiking at altitude or whether it's something more local and something a bit simpler you know everybody should have a goal and everybody should strive for more and and want to be more because it's an amazing feeling to achieve something that you never could have dreamed of Soyona, who are three people who have inspired your outdoors adventures? The first person I would definitely say is Grace Wilson. So she is the co-founder of You Can Explore, which is an amazing brand that I am so lucky to be an ambassador for. Um, it's an independent travel and adventure brand. 
and she has traveled all around the world she's been on these amazing experiences and basically the products that she um, is selling they are products that she used when she's been traveling and a lot of them are really basic things but they're essential things so things like the microfiber towels so it saves space in your suitcase and dries really quickly she's also got a spark which is great i've got one with me today for my lunch um and you know it's all these amazing these amazing bits and pieces even the hat that i've got on today it's my yugen explorer hat and i just love it and i think she's so passionate about her brand and she works so so hard and not only does she um produce these amazing products but she also helps to encourage people to get outside and to explore and she organizes meets all over the UK as well and we did one together last year in Aviemore which was really successful and really good fun as well and I think yeah it's just her passion for for what she does you know it just emanates from her and she is so driven and so focused but she's actually just a really lovely person and she's become a really good friend of mine as well so she definitely inspires me um, somebody else is Marie Cheng who I mentioned before and she set up Three Peaks Africa and again she's such a motivated driven person and I think it must take so much effort to run the business that she's running alongside her everyday job and I'm completely in awe of that I don't know I don't know how you could possibly do that but she again is, is so experienced and you know she's been on expeditions in different parts of the world and and she is just a fountain of knowledge when it comes to preparing for an expedition and you know I'd never done anything like Morocco before we set out and I was constantly messaging her asking questions and she's just great at giving advice and giving recommendations and preparing you I think that was the main thing that helped with the expedition she really really prepared us for it and she gave us as much information and advice as she could and again she's such a nice person and it's um, these women who are just so normal and so lovely but are doing amazing things to help inspire other people and her expeditions all over the world she really really inspires me to achieve more and to see more and to go more places um a third person who inspires me i think um the, the people that I speak to every single day are my mum and my sisters um, my dad doesn't do uh, whatsapp, he doesn't even have a smartphone so he can't be part of our family <laughs> chat <laughs> I'm sure he'd be totally sick of our chat if he was anyway, <laughs> but yeah I speak to my mum and my little sisters every single day, even if it's just a quick check in to see what we've been up to or to see what somebody's cooked for their, their, their lunch or something <laughs> those silly little things but um yeah they constantly support me and I suppose their never-ending support and uh, their love really does inspire me to do more like I said before you know I'm always coming up with mad ideas and I've got a big imagination and they probably roll their eyes at a lot of things but yeah they know how much I've invested in the walking group and they know how much it means to me and although none of them are hill walkers you know whenever we get together we're out walking the dog or we're out cycling and my youngest sister especially she um, works full-time as a radiographer and uh, she has done quite a few marathons and a lot of them you know we've been at the finish line me and my other sister and that's been great because we've sort of traveled around and we went to Dublin with her to watch her cross that finish line and this year she qualified for the European Championships in duath duathlon which is run bike run 
and she went out to Romania and she competed in the European World Champs and she won in her age group. What? Yep, yep, she won. She won gold. And That's incredible. I know. I wish I had gone out to see her, but it just didn't fit in, you know, travelling out to Romania. And um, she's qualified for the World Championships next year. So that's definitely going to have to be a family holiday, hopefully. Oh my <laughs> yeah, so that absolutely inspires me, you know. I often think to myself, she's, she's so structured with her training around her shifts because she works shifts. And I think I should be more like that. I should I should just train more like Beth. So, yeah, all the women in my family are, are really inspiring and really supportive. But she especially has just done amazing things in the last couple of years. And I love that. I love that um, she's so motivated. Diana, do you have any tips that you would give other ordinary adventurers, as you call yourself an ordinary mm. adventurer, um, what, what would you suggest? If you want to go out walking and if it's something that you've never done before, um, you've maybe seen other people do it and you want to give it a try, I would say reach out, speak to somebody who does it, uh, whether it's somebody that you know that goes out hiking or whether it's somebody that you follow on social media or maybe you're part of a group, uh, whether it's something like Adventure Queens, they're really inspiring, or whether it's a group like mine, a walking group that you've joined. If you can see that there's people doing the thing that you want to do, reach out and just say hello, just ask a little bit of advice, whatever it is that you want to know. Because what I find is that people who love the outdoors are generally really outgoing, laid back, lovely, lovely people and I know myself that if I've asked somebody for advice you know generally they'll come back with reams and reams of of information and advice for you and people generally just want to help they want to inspire they want to motivate and they want to share their passion with other people use resources like the Walk Highlands website that's what I use for planning a lot of my walks because you can search for a specific area or a specific um, difficulty um, and you can narrow down your search criteria so you can look for walks depending on the location and things like whether they're accessible by public transport. Um, and do you have three walks that you would recommend any ordinary adventurers to do? Oh, um, I would say not to forget about the low level walks. So places like Aviemore are obviously surrounded by mountains, but I have a lot of really lovely memories walking around the lochs in that area. Places like Loch Morlick, which is obvious, everybody knows about that. But also the lochs like Loch Inelan is a beautiful circular walk. And um, yeah, just being outside and walking, whether it's on your own or with friends or family, you know, that's really accessible um, if you don't necessarily want to do the mountains. Obviously, I love the Penton Hills because it's my local hills now. Uh, living on the outskirts of such a busy city in Edinburgh, you know, it's amazing to be able to escape and come to the Penton Hills. And there's so much variety. You can have a full day out here if you plan it out. Um, otherwise, I sometimes just spend a quick evening here catching sunset after work. And yeah, that's, that's really, really nice. A bigger hill day that I would recommend. 
I would say the Cobbler, which is in the Arakar Alps near Loch Lomond. It's not quite a Munro, it's just shy of a Munro, but it's an absolutely incredible walk. It's very popular, which might put some people off, but um, yeah, there's a great rock formation at the very top of the mountain and um, you can thread the needle. And which th- means there's um, the way the rocks are formed. There's a hole in between the rocks which you climb through, and then up and over onto a ledge, oh, wow. and right up onto this boulder on the top. And they call that threading the needle. And it is amazing to stand up there. It's got incredible 360 views. And uh, yeah, if you can get somebody to take a photo of you up there, you'll look pretty epic. (laughs) (laughs) Iona, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's been such a pleasure to talk to you and to get to go on a hike with you as well in the beautiful Pentland Hills, which I can testify really are pretty spectacular. So thank you. No, thank you so much. I'm really, really grateful um, that you asked me to be on the podcast. And feels like such a a lovely opportunity. And thank you for coming all the way from London as well. That's insane. (laughs) Not at all. And I think we're going to continue continue our walk um, but thank you again thank you oh thank you so much for listening to my interview with Iona she was an absolute joy to talk to um, and yeah really hope you enjoyed it so if you like the outdoors fix um, please subscribe to it and mention it to your family and friends and if you want to rate it on iTunes that would be much appreciated There are also lots more photos and information about the podcast and guests on theoutdoorsfix.com or on Instagram at theoutdoorsfix. Now it's the time for some sounds of nature and an opportunity to relax. This time it's the sound of early morning birdsong on Wasvale Pike near Ambleside in the Lake District. Thank you for listening to The Outdoors Fix. The podcast is proudly supported by Ellis Brigham Mountain Sports, stores nationwide and online, offering everything you need to equip you for the best outdoors experience.